Jack and I ripped on this previous week's big content episode for like an hour and 15 minutes without getting to Q&A, and I don't like leaving the episodes without doing Q&A, so I figured I'll rip off some Q&A right now for you guys because I love you guys and I love the fucking game. If you guys like these individual videos, I was thinking about doing a weekly Q&A on the big content channel. I also kind of want to do Twitter spaces around big content. Let me know if you guys are interested in either of those things. Otherwise, I'll shut the fuck up. So, wanted to rip off, you know, four or five Q&As again just for the love of the game. First question comes from B-Dog. Make sure you're in the discord if you want to drop some q a's for us do you worry people think you and your brand is unprofessional or did you build it that way i could see it being relatable and unappealing at the same time it's a great question there's a lot to unpack here the short answer is absolutely no could care less i think there are two ways you could look at this question i think as a creator looking towards the audience if the audience thinks you're unprofessional i think there's also the perspective of as you grow as a creator there are also advertisers and sponsors and people who want to pay you to do things for their company that might look at you as unprofessional so we're going to go through my thought process on both of those and realistically i think both of them can be boiled down to the same answer Results speak for themselves. We'll start with the audience, okay? If the audience comes to your video, your content, and you deliver value to them, they click on your video and they walk away from your video feeling like they learned something, feeling like they were entertained, feeling like they were motivated, inspired, they are not gonna care if you're coming live from the Empire State Building or from your mother's basement if you curse. If you're a nun, if you're a woman, a man, a transgender, a fucking alien. I mean, there are literally cat accounts on Instagram with millions of followers. If you're good enough and you consistently provide value to people, you're going to win. If you improve people's lives, you're going to win. If you make a product that improves people's lives, you're going to win. And as a content creator, your product is your content. And yes, along the way, you will lose some people that don't like the way you deliver it, but people like to make a big deal out of that. And I promise you the percentage of people you are going to lose because you said fuck in your video relative to the percentage of people that you helped if you are good at delivering value is microscopic. Those people will be the loudest. So for them, it feels like they're making a big difference. For them, it feels like, oh, we are the majority. We hate that you do this. Only like the loudest people are the ones that do shit like this. And that is such a minority of people. I will give you an example outside of myself. Obviously, I think you're asking the question because you might watch me and be like, this dude is unprofessional. And I do unprofessional things, but then I would hope that when you come to like this content right here, you're like, okay, Nick might have some insight. I might walk away from this video feeling like I learned a little something as a content creator. And that's what I'm trying to get across to you. But more so, looking from my business objectively down to it, we have Noah, Noah Hills, Noah More Parties. He does two videos a week on the BDGE YouTube channel. Not big content, but BDGE. His opening line in every video. What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. What the fuck is up? I'm Noah Hills. Noah More Parties. You can follow me on Twitter, whatever. There are a ton of people that absolutely hate it comments on every video why do you have to start the video saying what the fuck is up i have kids in my car you sound immature if a sponsor came onto the channel and heard that they'd probably be turned off immediately we have comments that literally say i'm never going to watch a video on the channel again because of that but on the flip side of that coin there is now 
a little brand of what that is being built around that phrase. Every time a video drops now, yes, there are going to be comments that are like, why do you have to start with that? But there are also now multiple comments of what the fuck is up? Let's go. What the fuck is up? What the fuck? There's like a little bit of a community being built around the what the fuck is up. And I promise you the community being built around something that is unique or something that is edgy, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. As long as it's who you are is going to be stronger than the one or two people that can't stand it. If I clicked onto a video and the first thing someone said, like on YouTube was what the fuck is up? I would be, obviously it's my personality that I would be like, that's kind of funny. I'd be a little bit taken aback, but I'd be like, I've never really heard something like this before. Our advertising money, like YouTube AdSense gets turned off immediately for that. I don't care. I personally love the intro from Noah. I think it's funny. I brought Noah on to be a creator and he creates the way he does. I'm not going to tell him how to do that because if I told him like, if, if that's who he is, right. And that's his intro. Guess what? That type of, it doesn't necessarily need to be that line, but that type of energy will eventually come back and resonate to the surface of the forefront of his content. So if I said, dude, stop opening your videos with what the fuck is up, people are getting upset. Guess what? If it's not that, then 17 minutes into the video or video number two or video number four will have something along those lines in a similar energy. And then it will turn those people off eventually. And if I'm disallowing him to do that at any point, then I am not allowing the creator to create in the way that he feels the best in terms of expressing himself. And I'm not here to do that. So a lot of that same thing I just said goes with brands as well. Like there will definitely be companies that don't want to work with us, but the brands that do find us to be an extremely good fit. And because we're different than most brands and companies out there, we're something hard to find for brands and companies. If they just advertise with the same fantasy football brands or companies over and over again, they're going to get the same results. But we have a little bit of a different demographic or a little bit of a different audience. Right? A lot of these brands probably have white males from age 35 to 50 that listen to them. We have a much bigger college base. We have a much bigger audience of younger demographics. Graphics. So I think there's an overlap of what certain brands are trying to do, certain lifestyle brands that want to get into the space that they would use us for as opposed to those other people. So I'm sure there are plenty of people that see me or our brand is unprofessional. We don't dress up nicely. I curse. There's a million things that we do or do not do that make us who we are. But that's the beautiful thing about the internet. We don't have like gatekeepers that tell you what you can and can't do. I'll leave you with this. Like if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking... I think of content creation, I think of building a business the same way as I think of a, of a relationship. If you're building for everybody, if you could date anybody, if you could date everyone, then you're not doing relationships correctly. Like you're looking for the right person. You're looking for the right demographic. You're looking for someone who doesn't care if you're yourself, if you're goofy, if you're unprofessional, if you're stupid, because guess what? Over the long run, that shit always plays itself out. If someone's not allowing you to be yourself, you're not going to want to date them two years down the line. If we're working with a brand or company that's not allowing us to create the way that we want to create, then that partnership is going to be terrible. If we had a partner that came in and offered us money and we're like, you have to do these reads and whatever, the results that we're going to get from the audience are going to be terrible. They're like, Nick, why are you reading from a piece of fucking paper? At the end of the day, you just have to be who you are. That's the, if you're not who you are while you're doing these things, that's the definition of corny. And I'll tell you what corny or inauthenticity is 1000 times worse than being unprofessional. Question number two, what's the best unconventional advice you've ever received? Thank you for your question, Kelsey. Uh, there is something that comes to mind immediately. What's the best unconventional advice you've ever received? If you ask for money, you'll get advice. If you ask for advice, you'll get money. This resonated with me in my life right before we moved in. So we've been in the office now for about a year and maybe almost two months. But before we got the office space, I was deciding whether or not we were going to get the office space, deciding whether or not I had the money and the finances and if I was okay to make that type of investment. So I got on calls with 
as many people as I thought were qualified to give me advice on the subject. And more, more focused was whether or not I wanted to raise money. Like, do we take investor money from people into BDGE? Do we give up some equity in BDGE for outside parties? That was like the bigger question at hand. And I got on calls with probably between 10 and 15 people that I trusted, that I knew had expertise or knowledge in this field that were above where my head was at. My brain could not comprehend where I was going at that point. So I needed to ask people. And I did not, these conversations were strictly like, hey, I just want to ask you questions about this. I want like pure raw, unadulterated knowledge from your brain based on your experience. I did not pitch a single person on these. I did not go into it thinking like, I'm going to get investor money from any of these people. But what happened was, as I would get on calls with these people, 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever, I'd be asking them for advice the whole time. And the large majority, the large percentage of those people at the end of the calls said, hey, if you do end up raising money, I would love to invest in you. I would love to invest in the company. And it's very much the same as with content. You know what? Now that I think about it, this is a, something that I say all the time. I didn't get it from anyone, but it's something I say, ironically, in the content game, in the social game, the best way to make money is by not trying to make money. The minute you try to sell is the minute that you will not get sales. But if you just focus on giving value to the other person, you will build a loyal audience of people that want to buy your stuff because they know you're not trying to trick them into some shit that's not valuable. I also think asking for advice from the audience goes a long way. Also, like I'm not above in some of my fantasy videos, you know, I won't have a take on a guy and I'll say like, hey, I don't really know how I feel about Deontay Johnson, like Steelers fans. Can you give me some insight in the comment section? And I think that pumps them up and I feel like that makes them feel like they're more part of the community and they feel like they have input on the way that I'm thinking. You need to talk to people on a flatline level. You're not above them. You are on the same level as them. That was relevant to me. And I guarantee you, if I had gotten on calls with people, lowest 10 to 15 people, and my original email pitch was, hey, we're looking to bring on investors. Can I interest you in like my pitch or whatever? One, guarantee you of those 15 people, I probably would have got on calls with four of them maybe. And then of those four, maybe one, probably zero of them would have wanted to invest. But the fact that I went to them for their expertise, it probably made them feel like they were actually a part of where the direction of the company was going. I guess the piece of advice, you ask for money, you get advice. You, you ask for advice, you get money. The best way to sell is by not trying to sell. Schmitty, what do you think in your opinion, would you say is your best investment? Um, I guess a few come to mind. I could go like monetarily, uh, me and like four or five of my friends split uh, CryptoPunk two years ago at this point when crypto and these NFTs were really booming. We bought it for a combined like $40,000 USD. A year later, we sold it for like 180000 Now we all had percentages of it. I think I had like 30. I had the highest percentage of it. I ended up making 50K off the investment. So that was a great one. We also are or I am an equity owner in Underdog Fantasy because for the first couple of years of their existence, when they were smaller, I was like, I, I believed in the team. I believed in the company. I believed in like the direction of where they were going. And most importantly, I believed in the product that they were building and the brand and the community that they had around it. And I knew that I had an impact on their successful scaling of what their company was. And um, so the first two years that we worked with Underdog Fantasy, when they first, first started, I didn't take any cash. We took only equity in the company. So that was a major investment, which hopefully will see itself come to fruition over the next couple of years. So have conviction long-term in the things that you're investing in, if you believe in them. Mentally, I would just say like, it's a weird answer, I guess, but vulnerability. Like the, some people don't really have to invest into being vulnerable. I, that was not the case for me. I had a very tough time being vulnerable when I was like growing up and it led to lack of like, like deep connections and lack of deep relationships and having trouble with relationships, especially in the context of romantic relationships. I, ha I had trouble opening up and like really making those 
uh, significant connections, despite like dating girls for long periods of time, it just never felt like I was able to open up to them. And that was obviously, it had nothing to do with them. It was like a personal thing, but one of them had come to an end and I was like, I really need to make a conscious effort to open myself up and be more vulnerable. And that, that kind of like relayed itself around not just romantic relationships, but like friendships and friendships uh, and relationships with my family and definitely content as well. Like there's no way I'd be where I am right now. There's no way I'd be able to make this content if I was not able to like be open and make myself vulnerable because that's the only way you make meaningful um, connections in business, in the real world, and with friends, with family, with anything, you know, that everything at the end of the day is a one-on-one relationship with someone, regardless of like what your goal is or where you're trying to go. So I didn't actually know what you meant by the question. And I probably got way deeper than uh, you were probably like, give me your best like product. What was the best $50 fucking investment you made? Cool. Whatever. Fuck you guys. Cody, have you ever had a brand reach out that doesn't exactly fit with the fantasy content audience? What do you look for in brands that you work with? Yeah, I mean, we get reached out by brands all the time. 99% of them are shit. 99% of them like just have some mass text or fucking email that they send out that I'm sure has like a 1% reply rate. I think the best example that we could use, I don't think I have a pair on the desk anywhere. But we worked with Felix Gray for a long time. They are blue light blocking glasses. That has absolutely nothing to do with fantasy football. Is there overlap? I'm sure there is. But I think a lot of the partnership worked because of my passion for the product, regardless of whether or not it fit with my audience. But I also think there is a little bit of overlap, which could play into negotiations or good play or could play into whether or not you decide to work with them like pitching to fantasy players if you go back and watch the pitches that I make during my videos the ad reads a lot of it will be like you know I know you guys are fantasy players and a lot of fantasy players have overlap with like working in finance and just working jobs or on the computer all day these blue light blocking glasses block the blue light from your screens it's like I know you're on computers I know you're looking at monitors I know you're on your phone screen late at night you know doing fucking waiver wire additions Tuesday night at midnight you need to have these glasses on so that it doesn't hit you with the blue light and you get better sleep etc and again it goes back to being a product that I use so I will almost never work with a company unless it's a product that I already personally use and really really enjoy otherwise my pitch for it is going to be terrible I would say I think I've had a little bit more flexibility as you know the money makes a little bit more sense and these have scaled up a little bit I think at minimum at minimum if a brand reaches out and you're interested tell them to give you a sample of the product 99% of these companies will send you over one if not like multiple samples of the the product so your team can use it too obviously if it's digital just give you like a login for whatever software it is but get the product test it out and if it's not a fit do not make don't sell yourself don't sell your soul don't sell your soul for a quick buck is the way i would look at these partnerships make going back to relationships make sure it works for both sides you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. You want to make sure it fits your audience as much as they want to make sure it fits your audience, okay? You do not want to start plugging random shit where your audience is like, bruh, what does this have to do with anything? This does not improve my life. This does not give value to my life. This, this doesn't do shit for me, all right? If it doesn't do anything for your audience, if the only thing this partnership does with the other brand is put a little bit more money in your bank account, think about the audience first. In the same way that you make content, you're thinking about giving value to the audience, think about that same thing when you're working with brands, partners, whatever. Lastly, from Patsy, if you use images or professional athletes for videos or thumbnails, do you have to worry about violating copyrights? Do you have any trouble using them? Uh, I mean, technically, yes, but it's also the internet. Um, so from a political correctness answer, yeah, most of these things are probably copyrighted, and I probably shouldn't even put this really on air, but I'm just telling you what it is. It is what it is. Uh, you can go on Google and type basically every fucking picture on there and use it and you will not get any pushback or not get any sort of incriminating messages about it. I think, I, I don't know what the law is. I'm going to be straight up 
honest with you, but in my eight years of making images, making content, making thumbnails, making animations, making all of it, never once have I even come close to having someone reach out and be like, you can't use that picture of fucking Travis Etienne on the thumbnail. So this is not advice. This is not legal advice. This is not financial advice. It is just the correct advice. You can probably use them, but don't say I told you. All right, that's it. Uh, let me know if you want to see more of these Q and A's. Let me know if you want, let me know what the fuck you want. All right. I don't know what you want. This is, I need feedback from you guys, right? This is like Deontay Johnson all over again. Comment, subscribe, thumbs up. Love you.